Donald Trump gets even more desperate and has posted dozens and dozens of very perverse, bizarre, and dangerous videos of himself and messages attacking President Biden, begging for money by selling his own mugshot t-shirts, spreading lies about the 2020 election, and just whining like an annoying little fascist baby. We'll discuss how is this even possible and why is it just continued to be promoted by today's Republican Party? Well, here's why. File this one under lies and gaslighting. MAGA Republican Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy says the Republican-controlled House of Representatives has been the most transparent and productive congressional term in American history. Wow. Congress will be returning from summer break shortly with the MAGA Republicans threatening to shut down our government if the DOJ and special counsel's office continues the criminal cases against Donald Trump and insurrectionists. Also, something about our military being too woke and Hunter Biden's nudes on his laptop. Yep, that's the GOP, folks. Donald Trump waived his arraignment earlier in the day and entered a not guilty plea. He's also requesting his case be severed or tried separately from his co-defendants, like co-defendant Ken Chesbrough, who requested a speedy trial, which will take place before November 1st. Not surprising that Donald Trump does not want to stand shoulder to shoulder with those he threw under the bus. Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis just filed a powerful brief before a Georgia federal court where an evidentiary hearing was held earlier this week for Mark Meadows, where Meadows requested to remove the case from state court to federal court. Mark Meadows' testimony, as we called it, seems to have backfired as now he has a perjury problem, another crime, as Fawny Willis has pointed out in her brief that Meadows just flatly lied during his testimony in federal court, saying that he had no role in coordinating the fake electors. Guess what, Mark Meadows? There is an email of you saying that you will be coordinating those electors. Phony Willis points that out to Judge Jones in her brief. Also, New York Attorney General Letitia James filed a summary judgment motion in the civil fraud case set for trial in early October, where she's seeking at least $250 million and in damages. Maybe add some zeros to that damages amount. James argues there are no disputed facts that Donald Trump engaged in fraudulent valuations on his statement of financial conditions to the tune of billions of dollars each year. James requests Justice Arthur Ngoron find that liability has been established against Donald Trump such that all the jury should have to decide is the damages. Donald Trump, meanwhile, filed his own summary judgment seeking to dismiss the case filed by New York Attorney General Letitia James. We've got a lot to discuss, a lot of law to discuss. That's why the honorary brother of this podcast, while Brett is out for his last show, none other than Michael, the Popakian 
Popak. I am so honored to have been asked to join. I've been waiting three years for the invitation. I finally got it. I feel like I signed up for telephone service in Russia and finally got off the list. Yeah, I'm here. I hate that Brett's not here. Um, I love, I, but let's what be frank. Say? What are you he, saying? What are you saying? If he was here, I wouldn't be here. So I'm actually, I'm okay with it. Um, <laughs> and and I've got a lot of chats, chatter before we got on about being kind to Jordy. First of all, it would never even be in my ken to be abusive <laughs> to Jordy. I mean, I don't have any favorites among the brothers, but let's be honest, Jordy's my favorite. Uh, Popak and I talk the most. I talk to Popak more than I talk to any of the brothers. So Popak, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I also appreciate the Midas Mighty defending me, saying to be kind to Jordy, because Ben and Brett sometimes on the show get a little bit wild as far as how they they treat their little brother. But hey, I comes can't with the imagine. And, I can't yeah. imagine what it what it must have been like for the three of you growing up on the island with your parents. I can't. I mean, the three of blast. you as toddlers or as I mean, I just picture it. Uh, <laughs> a, 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 absolute blast, Pope! I'm so happy that you're here to to walk us through all these wild legal filings that are happening in the courts right now. I can't believe it's been three years, and Ben, you didn't let Popak come on the brother show. Well, What's here's something you, you don't know, Popak. Oh, Jordy really wanted to do the legal breakdowns tonight. Jordy's <laughs> like, yep, this is where it comes jo from. This is what Jordy was say, like. Jordy's like, I really want to get into the intricacies <laughs> of New York Attorney General Letitia James summary judgment motion. I want to talk about the legal standard. I really want to get into it. And he's like, Ben, please, can I do that? I said, look, Jordy. I said, Jordy, I know that you really like detailed legal analysis, but let me bring on Popak for this one. And you and Popak can both do the legal analysis. But Popak, it's great to have you on the show. This is Brett's final show that he will be missing. Brett will be back with us next week. He got some much needed time off, although I'll say some of the number one quarterbacks in football got their start because the other starting quarterback got injured. Popak. Uh, I don't know if you're trying to vie for that brother spot, but let's get into it. So Donald Trump, as he's been indicted over and over again for crimes that we all know he committed because we can observe those crimes. We're not going to be gaslit. He gets more desperate and desperate. So he announced on his social media platform that he's pleased to inform you that periodically he will be doing videos on Truth Social that will be discussing many subjects in many time frames, you will be able to choose the video and policy that you like and may want to reply on Truth Social. Enjoy. I'm not really sure if this is the choose your own adventure story I'm looking for, and that's not really the way this works. He kind of just posts videos and they're just there for you to watch. And then you, if you look at them, you go, what in the world? Is this real? That's usually my first reaction is I, I have to watch it multiple times to be like, is this a real thing? Because I think about the days where if a politician spelled potato incorrectly, they were <laughs> done. They were done. If a politician went, whatever they say, you know, it was like you're over, you know, a bad windsurfing video. See you later. So Donald Trump is on his social media platform confessing, projecting, lying, 
And by the way, it's not about any issues. It's all him saying, could you believe I really lost Georgia in 2020? Who believes yes. that? Derange this, derange that. Hey, you want to buy my T-shirt? Look, it's the mugshot T-shirt of myself. This is what he's doing he's here. so whiny. This is the video that he just posted before we went live selling a T-shirt of himself with his mugshot where he says never surrender. And it is a video of himself. I mean, it is a photo of him surrendering here. Play this clip. I just want to thank you for your tremendous support. And here it is. If you want to go out and get it, you can go out and get it. Have fun with it. But people do like it, I must say. Thank you very much. What does that even mean? Have fun with it? Like, you know, have fun with it. So there's that video. Then he posted this one attacking President Biden. If you want to talk about the ultimate projection, it's this video right here. Here, play this clip. Crooked Joe Biden is not only dumb and incompetent, I believe that he has gone mad, a stark raving lunatic with his horrible and country-threatening environmental open borders and DOJ, FBI, weaponization policies. He is a mental catastrophe that is leading our country to hell. Stark raving lunatic sounds like he's talking about himself. Looking and this is what he had to say, Popak and Jordy, about he believes that he didn't lose Georgia oh. in 2020. That's like his message right now, like where Biden's out there saying, I am building infrastructure, 37,000 infrastructure projects. Here's what I'm doing with prescription drug prices. You got <laughs> Donald Trump saying, does anybody believe that I lost Georgia? Here, play this clip. Why did Georgia officials agree to sign that horrible one-sided consent decree. Nobody to this day has figured that out. Does anybody really believe I lost Georgia? Because I don't. So Popak and Jordy, this is what he's like. He's posted like 50 to 60 of these in the last 24 hours. That is what he's doing. And you've got the Republican Party like, yeah, you know what? Let's give that guy our nuclear codes. Let's let him make life or death decisions over our lives, our families, lives, friends, neighbor, colleagues, co-workers, our country. Popak. <laughs> Good toss. <laughs> Popak, what do you think? All right. First of all, listening to him talk aloud, you think English is a second language. I mean, I, it, it sounds like he's having Siri write his speeches for him. It's almost as if he's not acquainted with how normal human beings speak. He's having trouble. <laughs> he isn't. He's, he, he's, he's having trouble with the teleprompter. He's putting the accent in the wrong place in the sentence, right? It's not natural. That's not how a human being speaks. So they're just winding him up, putting him in front of the teleprompter. He's saying all sorts of nutty and crazy things. I mean, he kind of reminds me, we're joking about it before we got on today in, in sort of the, uh, the pregame show. You know, when OJ used to go on, you know, the Howard Stern show and other places and said, I'm going to issue a reward if anybody can tell me who killed Nicole Brown Simpson. And everybody said, OK, you, you did. <laughs> uh, I mean, that, that's the quickest reward I'll ever earn. And it's the same thing with him when he when he asked the rhetorical question, does anybody really believe I've lost Georgia? Yeah, 63 percent of America believes that you've lost Georgia and that you should be convicted and that you should and you've disqualified yourself from office. Um, you know, this is all I mean, let's just let's just rip the clothes off this this 
the uh, the uh, king has no clothes, right? The emperor has no clothes. It's a scary thought to think of him with no clothes, but think of it this way. <laughs> this is a complete money grab. He knows he's going to get convicted in one of four or five places. We haven't even talked about Arizona's attorney general, Chris Mays, and what she's doing and what she could do. He is not going to win. He'll get the nomination because 37% of the Republican Party will vote for him no matter what happens. Even if he killed a man tomorrow in broad daylight, they will vote for him. But the rest of America, I believe, will not. And if that's the case, this is just, we're watching in, in real time the greatest heist and grift in the history of the world. This is a Ponzi scheme like no one's ever seen before. And he will not stop until he loses the election and even beyond until he puts hundreds of millions of dollars from small donors in his pocket. He knows in heart his heart of hearts, not only that he did it, but that he has no chance at beating the Democratic candidate and it'll be Joe Biden. Yet he, he finds a way to get $20 million off a mugshot from his donors. I mean, I don't know if you have it in the clip, Ben, but but Kemp, you know, the, the Kempian side of the party, uh, the governor of Georgia, who does not like and will not do the bidding. He's like the only Republican so far in a position of power and authority to stand up to Donald Trump. He has basically called out Donald Trump. And in, if we have the clip, he said, um, and, and we're not going to kowtow, I'm paraphrasing, to the ramblings of a person who's, who's executing a grift to put money in his pocket. I mean, that he's the only Republican that's coming out. You, you contrast it with all the people that you talk about, Jordy and Ben, uh, in MAGA, in the House. Kemp's the only guy with, with, with honor in the Republican Party right now. You know, I was going to do Kemp a little bit later in the show, but I'm happy to show that one right now because you have the MAGA Republicans in Georgia calling on Kemp to call for a special session, basically to fire Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis. And also there was a new law that Brian Kemp signed into law in May, SB 92, which creates this prosecutor's commission, which has fairly broad authority, I think unconstitutionally broad authority. It's being challenged by prosecutors in Georgia to remove prosecutors who cause, quote, disrepute to the profession of prosecutors in Georgia. And the prosecutorial commission has all of these Republicans who Brian Kemp appointed. And Brian Kemp said, I don't think that there should be any special session uh, that should be called at all. And he said, I don't think it's not, I can't tell the prosecutorial commission what to do, but let me tell them what I would do. Wink, wink. I appointed you. Here's what you should not do. You should not investigate Fawny Willis. And I think that this is, look, I, I, I don't want to, uh, I want to give credit where credit is due here, right? Brian Kemp, I disagree with on a lot of issues. I think that he's pushed forward a lot of, I think, horrific voter suppression um, laws in the state of Georgia. Um, but here, when it comes to fundamentally our democracy, it's a very powerful clip worth watching the full clip that we're about to play of Brian Kemp saying that, look, we rejected the same calls back in 2020 from the same type of people, the Marjorie Taylor Greens. And now there's basically more of these MAGA people doing that. And I am not OK with that as the governor. I thought it was a powerful statement and salty. If we've got that, 
Let's play that clip now. Uh, I did want to take just a few minutes to speak to some history that's trying to repeat itself over the last few days here in Georgia. Uh, many of you will recall that in the final weeks of 2020, I clearly and repeatedly said that I would not be calling a special session of the General Assembly to overturn the 2020 election results because such an action would have been unconstitutional. It was that simple. Fast forward today, nearly three years later, memories are fading fast. There have been calls by one individual in the General Assembly and echoed outside of, the, of these walls by the former president for a special session that would ignore current Georgia law and directly interfere with the proceedings of a separate but equal branch of government. Up to this point, I have not seen any evidence that D.A. Willis's actions or lack thereof warrant action by the Prosecuting Attorney Oversight Commission, but that will ultimately be a decision that the Commission will make. Regardless, in my mind, a special session of the General Assembly to end run around this law is not feasible and may ultimately prove to be unconstitutional. The bottom line is that in the state of Georgia, as long as I'm governor, we're going to follow the law and the Constitution, regardless of who it helps or harms politically. Over the last few years, some inside and outside of this building may have forgotten that, but I can assure you I have not. The oath I took with my hand on the Bible that's right behind me in January of 23 is the same Bible that I took in my inauguration in 2019. And in Georgia, we will not be engaging in political theater that only inflames the emotions of the moment. We will do what is right. We will uphold our oaths as public servants. And it's my belief that our state will be better off for it. Jordy? Look, when you look at that clip just independently, it's a strong condemnation against anything that goes against the letter of the law. So you, you, you really can appreciate that coming from a guy like Brian Kemp. The issue that I have with Kemp, I want to make this guy out to be some sort of hero because also when asked point blank, if he would support Donald Trump in a reelection campaign versus a Democrat, the answer, at least that I've seen time and time again, is that he would vote for Trump or whatever the Republican nominee would be. And so although in this moment, I, I appreciate what he's doing and speaking out for, for the truth and for the law, it's, it, it, it frustrates me. It's what I refer to oftentimes on the show as the MAGA hokey pokey. Hey, let me dip my feet in here where I could be truthful, right? Where I could talk about honesty and integrity. But now actually when asked and, and, and you know, asked to speak on it, I'm going to still vote for Trump in 24. Now, he may have said something otherwise, but the last clip I've seen from him and the last statements is no matter if Trump, you know, if he does become the eventual nominee, he's still backing the guy after okay. after everything, after running him through the grinder, after running his family through the grinder. I mean, so I don't want to make Kemp out to be some hero, but that was that was in a, in a silo, a good statement. Let, let me let me be clear. Many most things that Kemp does in policy, I despise. Yep. Same. And what he did to Stacey Abrams, I despise. Same. But he is the last firewall to protect Fawny Willis and therefore prosecute Donald Trump. So even though he's not my party and he's not somebody that I will, I will ever support for whatever political and uh, reasons he's doing it and moral reasons he's doing it, he happens to be on the right side of this issue. And for that, I thank him. Everything else aside.
You know, same thing where, you know, I, I see this a lot, the people attacking Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, and I totally get why. And I think that there is a time and place to, to make sure we call them out on their egregious policies and their enabling of MAGA. And so they don't get a free pass. But our democracy is hanging by a thread right now. And it is important that we in a pro-democracy community, in my view, form the necessary alliances right now mm -hmm. to protect and defend our democracy from MAGA madness right now, from this mutation of the Republican Party into the MAGA Republican Party, which is full-fledged fascist and weird because the weird part needs to be emphasized a lot too, that this is not normal behavior. Because when you think about it, like who would be supporting Donald Trump with those videos? Like who, 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 who's the constituency here? You know, when I, I see this video, or I saw this video from Ted Cruz, MAGA Republican senator from Texas, Cancun Cruz, abandoned his state, right, in a time of, in a time of need. This is what, this is their latest conspiracy, right? Because MAGA Republicans don't have actual issues, right? And they have to figure out, like, how do we get Americans to vote against their own interests, because the people voted against their interest. If you put the Democratic policies up for a referendum on any issue, whether it was common sense, gun control, whether it was jobs, better paying jobs, infrastructure, PACT Act, uh, bringing the semiconductor industry back to America, equality, allowing women to control their own bodies and reproductive rights. If we talk about protecting veterans, if we talk about protecting seniors, protecting social security, if we talked about these issues and said, which side do you support? Overwhelmingly, Americans would, I like 70 to 80% would vote for the democratic positions. It's like, okay, what would you rather? Would you rather get benefits for you and make sure you are protected or American worker. Let me give you this other choice. We can help you improve your salary directly, improve your working conditions. That's choice A. Choice B is what about the CEO of your company? Do you think the CEO of your company deserves another jet? Would you rather have a better salary, choice A, or choice B, we can allow your CEO to do a tax write-off of his second, third, or fourth jet with the hope of perhaps that trickles down to you in some indefinite period. What, what would you rather do, American worker? And so if you presented the choice the way it actually exists, mm -hmm. American workers would feel a certain way. Um, but MAGA Republicans have to distract and this is an example of Ted Cruz and Ted Cruz, this is their latest conspiracy, right? It went from Democrats are trying to ban gas stoves or Mr. Potato Head or this is washing a machines, Walt Disney bathrooms. Aren't you worried about going to a bathroom every morning or the green M&M this or that? Whatever their, whatever their issue is, the new one, Popak mm. and Jordy and, and Midas mm. Mighty, is that Democrats are going to force you 
to only drink two beers a week or two beers a month. And, and, and I'm going to tell him to shove it up your ass. This is what Ted Cruz just said. And, and watch the synchronized chugging. Like, it's really weird. Like, he's got this crew They're in weird the background. People. Like, and he's got a crew in the background who I'm sure Ted Cruz's policies are screwing over these right. people. But they, uh, let's take our swig of our beer. We'll show how macho we are. Play this clip. State has now done that for new construction. They're trying to go after and regulate ceiling fans. I got to tell you, it's hot in Texas. We don't want to get rid of our ceiling fans. And now these idiots have come out and said, drink two beers a week. That's their guideline. Well, I got to tell you, if they want us to drink two beers a week, frankly, they can kiss my ass. No, okay. Um, Senator, I, uh, I brought a beer to drink with you. I'll drink this non-alcoholic beer with you because I'm not allowed to drink on camera, but I'll have, I'll have a sip. In well, the meantime, look, but, I, I got to say, so what, have you ever seen a brand do more damage to itself than Bud Light, which which single handedly seemed to destroy themselves? So I'm glad you're not drinking a Bud Light. Personally, I'm fond of Shiner Bach, which is a good uh, tech Texas brand. I've been to the Shiner Brewery in Shiner, Texas, and I recommend it. And I promise you this is not alcohol free beer down here. No, and by the way, the one I have uh, right after the show won't be alcohol free either. And it may just be a. <laughs> it's not funny. It oh. is weird. It is like <laughs> a, a, a stand up comedy routine gone absolutely horrible. It is, it is really pathetic. Pathetic stuff. But, it's it's pathetic. If the stuff. Democrats, it's, it's beyond pretty, pathetic. Pretty Sorry, Pope. I just need to chime in know. here because oh, that was just so awkward. In the same breath, he's worried about beer being canceled while also simultaneously still trying to bring up this Bud Light, you know, whole fake issue that Republicans tried to cancel. Actually, an entire beer company in Anheuser Busch. But more so than that, Ben and Popak, I want to get your. It felt like he fully endorsed a beer company. Is this a violation of, of like the Hatch Act potentially? I mean, I don't think it'd be a violation <laughs> of the Hatch, Hatch Act. Act. It would be a violation. That's why I'm I'm looking forward to your summary judgment analysis. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. I appreciate it. Sometimes I get my words a little mixed up here. It's this okay. violates this we do, the 23rd we do, Amendment and prohibition. We, we do yeah, the that, show that, live. That, that, but to me, to it, but, but, but for real, in that instance, there's no difference. <laughs> there's no difference when, when Ivanka held up the Goya beans Right. Oh, yeah. And then, and and then what Cruz just did there promoting that beer. And so now you could correct me and make fun of me. Go for it. Well, <laughs> the, the, the Hatch Act prevents people in the executive branch from uh, politis uh, like running for office and mixing their political campaigns with their federal duties and federal offices. But it, it, it is a close uh, via it is close to that as a violation where you are affirmatively using your position to enrich companies and using your federal platform to do that, which would be a violation of other federal laws. But 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 setting aside that piece of it, it's just and 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 Popak, like it. Uh, let me show you this other clip, and this one is the <laughs> governor of New Hampshire. Like, you know, it, I think we need a little bit of a, of a pivot here. Is this Sununu? Oh, it, it's Sununu, and he's Sununu's a Republican yeah. uh, governor from New Hampshire, and you know, Sununu's saying what I think is is happening in mass right now large media networks want the horse race of 
Democrats, liberal, progressive, Republicans, conservative. This one is going to be a close one. They're just there's they're all extreme. And what well, American people are sick and tired of it. What's really going on right now is that independents are looking at the types of videos that we showed you. Right. Um, people who used to be with the Republican Party are looking at what's happened to that party. And they're saying, whoa, this is some crazy, weird, dangerous stuff, number one. And number two, these are losers. I I'm surprised it took them this long to realize that Donald Trump's been a loser, a pathetic freaking loser his entire life. He was born with a golden spoon in his mouth. He bankrupted every single thing that Everything. he's touched. He's destroyed lives. People from New York and New Jersey knew he's destroyed lives. He doesn't pay his bills. He screws over everybody. But I think that the grift has come home to roost here and people, hmm. even former Republicans and, and now independents are like, we hate this guy and this is what governor sununu said let's Can I say something part. before you play sununu of course okay the sooner the republican party flushes their toilet and gets rid of donald trump and maga and get back and gets back to people like sununu who you're going to play i'm not endorsing sununu Absolutely. i just want to get back to having a healthy two party system in this country and the only way to do that, since we already have one healthy party in the Democratic Party, is to get the Republicans to clean house and, and rally around people like Sununu and others. Again, not endorsing, don't love all their policies. But if we don't have a counterparty, a stakeholder on the other side, that, and we're one short now of having an adult at the table with us as the Democrats, we got this whole country has a major problem. Flush the toilet, get normal people, and, and make this a real contest, not a race to the bottom. Here's Governor Sununu, Republican from New Hampshire. Play the clip. The other event this week that I don't think anybody can characterize as good for Trump is getting his mugshot taken and released in a Trump will Fulton, love it. Fulton County courthouse. He'll be selling T-shirts within minutes that, of it being taken. That may be true, but do you think that it's good for him politically? Do you think having a mugshot out there changes anything in the Republican electorate? It doesn't change anything, but it allows him to maintain his presence in the media, his image. People will be talking about it, What not just what he does with the mugshot, shot but all the drama that he wants to keep building off of it he wants this drama to keep going give him a fifth and sixth indictment he'll love it because what, it keeps what about him with in the independence news. i mean new hampshire live free or die he what? doesn't care all he cares about right now is getting the nomination he can't win in november independents hate it there's no way donald trump will win anything above 31 percent of the independents which is why republicans as a whole will get crushed if he's on uh, look as bad as he would be as, as being on top of the ticket for because we'll lose the presidency he hurts school board races. He hurts governorships, Congress races, congressional races, Senate races. We will lose all these seats like we did in 22. I think that's very well said. Hey, Popak, have you heard about the Midas Touch after show? Have you heard about it? Oh, there's an after show? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's called, I thought you the said after to call it Midas More. And we do the after show on Patreon. And so we don't have outside investors on the Midas Touch Network. So mm -hmm. one of the fun ways that we are able to build this network is one, through our emojis and the memberships here on our YouTube. Thank you to everybody who's got memberships and gifted memberships. Now, separate from the YouTube memberships, it's different, is the Patreon where we have the after show. So Karen Friedman Agnifilo did an after show program with us where we got to hear 
her origin story from law school to how she became a prosecutor. It was great. And so I know that the Midas Mighty wants to hear the Popak after show as well, which we will make exclusively available on patreon.com slash Midas Touch. It usually posts about an hour after the show because we actually have to record it. So uh, join p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash Midas Touch and we'll do an after show with Michael Popak there Ooh. and we do an after show after all of our Midas Touch podcast but don't go anywhere because we've got a lot more show to discuss I want to talk about Donald Trump filing a waiver of his arraignment as many of his other co-defendants did in Fulton County, Trump entering a not guilty plea and also filing a motion to sever his case from his co-defendants case. I also want to talk about the summary judgment motion filed by New York Attorney General Letitia James. Jordy will break down the intricacies of the dueling summary judgment motions right after we return from this quick break. <laughs> As per usual, the economy was also a huge topic for the day. And why wouldn't it be? It's changing faster than ever and demanding we all adapt to keep up. In fact, a stunning survey revealed that over half of Americans making six figures now live paycheck to paycheck. Now, even though Goldman Sachs is saying that classic investments are headed nowhere for the rest of the year, other markets are rising to fill the gap, creating incredible opportunity among the chaos. Because even if conventional markets flatline this year, other assets don't have to do the same. That's why I'm so excited to introduce our next partner, Masterworks. I actually spent a lot of time digging into this. And according to a recent report by Citibank, the asset with the lowest correlation to the stock market of any major asset class was art. It turns out contemporary art pieces have outpaced the S&P's 500's return for the last 26 years by 131%. Now this market used to be hard to get into, but Masterworks is the platform that lets you invest in multi-million dollar paintings without breaking the bank. Masterworks has built an impressive track record of 15 exits, all of them profit these numbers speak for themselves. Now, with those kinds of results, Masterworks offerings have actually sold out in minutes before. So there is a wait list. I've invested with Masterworks, and as with any investment, past performance is not indicative of future returns, and exited investments are not representative of performance for artworks not yet sold. But I reached out to them. I reached out to Masterworks to give you all VIP access to their latest offerings. To skip the wait list, head over to masterworks.art slash Midas. That's masterworks.art, A-R-T slash Midas, or just click the link in the description of this episode below. That's masterworks.art slash Midas, or just click the link in the description of this episode below. Thank you, Masterworks. And now back to the show. Welcome back. We're live here on the Midas Touch podcast. Ben Jordy and Michael Popak, the Popakian. In stark contrast with all of the MAGA chaos we talked about before the break, what is President Joe Biden talking about? Well, reducing the cost of prescription drug prices by allowing the government to negotiate down medication 
um, right over here. Here, let's take a look at what President Biden posted. He goes, no senior should have to overpay for life-saving drugs to pad big farmers' pockets. My administration is announcing the first 10 Medicare Part D drugs selected for price negotiation. We're ending the days of deciding between buying your medicine or putting food on the table. I, I, I mean, who looks at the comparison, I guess, the people in the Ted Cruz video, you know, who's here's Donald Trump just whining, like, what is that? You're like a whiny freaking baby, you know, and, you know, and go, yeah, Donald, yeah, you're selling a T-shirt, you know, or, or would you be like, well, President Biden is actually doing things for government that may impact my life. And so that's why for me, it's not just important that we call out and expose the MAGA right. craziness. I think we just have to show, look, President Biden, is he perfect? No. Do I agree with him on every issue? No. But is he and the Democratic Party focused on like actual issues as a bare minimal threshold? Yes. And are they actually doing pretty significant things that are making people's lives discernibly better? Yes. And the proof is actually in data and objective truth. If you care about that more than Mr. Potato Head being too woke on a Tuesday where you're being lied to and told your gas stoves are being taken away. Popak, let's talk about Donald Trump's filing uh, from earlier in the day where he waived his arraignment in Fulton County. The arraignment was set for September 6th. This is not unique to Donald Trump. All, you know, as we learn Georgia state procedure, it has its quirks like its own speedy trial act, which is super speedy trial, which Donald Trump's like, whoa, I know that Ken Chesbro and my other co-defendants asked for a speedy trial. And Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis was like, bet, let's do it before November 1st. But whoa, I'm, I'm not ready at all for that. So Donald Trump filed a motion to sever. So there's lots of quirks in George law. One of them is that you don't have to show up for your arraignment, apparently. And by a pleading, you can enter a not guilty plea. That's what Donald Trump did earlier. What do you make of this, Popak? That and Trump's motion to sever from the other co-defendants who asked for a speedy trial. Well, let me, yeah, let me, let me ex break it down this way. We sort of knew this was going to happen when the judge McAfee literally set for September 6th, 15 minute intervals, all 19 arraignments, not giving favor to anyone. Donald Trump was just given a number like he was at a deli counter ordering sliced roast beef. Okay, you're 130. They were going to do him first, though. He was going to be 915 to 930 on the 6th. Talk about a fall from grace and the incredible shrinking former presidency, because now he's just another guy that's got a criminal case against him in the state of Georgia and Fulton County. And so we knew there was something up. And we, you know, in the legal AF world, we took a look at it. We found out most people don't show up for the 15 minute arraignment because a lot of the things that are normally done in federal arraignment that we all covered so, so heavily uh, on legal AF and Midas Touch, including live, and even in New York, doesn't happen in a Georgia arraignment. The judge, like from the moment the indictment was returned within days, issued the bond and release conditions that were negotiated through Fawny Willis's office with each individual of the 19, or in this case, 18, because I think one may be still in jail, um, defendants. And so a lot of that work 
that gets cleared away because under Georgia law, it's already done. So the arraignment is not where you set the bond conditions. It's not where you set, you know, return dates and hearings. It's just an arraignment. Are you guilty or not? What do you say? And and then are you going to waive speedy trial or not? And that's it. And you can do it in writing to speed things up. But a lot of it was already done because we've reported on it by Judge Scott McAfee in issuing 19 conditions of bond release and conditions of pretrial release for each of these people without a hearing. You know, we, we spent a lot of time talking about, well, federal court, there was another hearing today and another piece of paper and a, and a reply on top of the reply. Forget that in Georgia. Judge says, don't talk to the social, don't talk through social media. Don't attack witnesses. Don't attack uh, prosecutors. Don't attack anybody or you're back in my courtroom. And that's it. Like you, you don't come back and ask because you never have a chance at it. And so that all got done. So the arraignment process goes very, very quickly, as we've just seen. In terms of severing, to have a little quick tutorial legal AF breakout episode, <laughs> because everybody's doing it, you know, right? It's like, what, what, what did Jordy say to that? The hokey pokey? Everybody's doing it. It's the, it's the motion to sever. It's a, the, great, the new dance craze in Georgia. What is it? <laughs> Keep talking about it. What is it? Okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what it is. So if you are joined together in a multi-defendant criminal case, in this case, a civil, sorry, a criminal RICO case uh, with a bunch of other counts, and you're tied together with two, three, four, one, or 18 other people, some of you may want to have speedy trial, which two have already indicated or already said they want speedy trial, which in Georgia means if you don't get your trial this calendar term for the court or next calendar term for the court, your trial isn't scheduled, your indictment is dismissed. And so two said, I want that. Let's go. And the judge said, fine, October 20th, October 23rd. But others may not be ready. And they may want to sever both their case, meaning I want to be uncoupled, right? This is a, for Donald Trump, this is a roller coaster moving at 200 miles an hour in the wrong direction. And he wants to pull the pin on the car in front of him and get out from under these other 18 people. He was fine being joined together with them, allegedly, in the conspiracy to cling to power. But now that it's time to try the case, I don't want to be with crazy. So he tries to sever, meaning his case goes on a separate track if it's granted. Now, under Georgia uh, uh, Penal Code, Georgia Criminal Code, you can make a motion to, to sever and have your own independent trial, independent even from a fellow co-conspirator, but it has to be in the interest of justice and you have to show you can't get a fair trial without it. And, and it's not just because you don't like the guy. Or you think, well, the evidence, the jury will get confused. Well, evidence in a conspiracy by its very nature is tried against everyone. And the bad acts of one of the 19 is a bad act against the other. And that's just the nature of conspiracy. So severing in a criminal RICO case is very, very difficult. Now, severing for the purposes of I'm not ready to go to trial, even though the other guy says he is, that's a different consideration that Judge McAfee is going to have to have to decide. And the second element of severance is severing the indictment. And that's what people like um, Ken Chespro and I guess Sidney Powell are trying to do, which is we don't want the whole indictment and all 30 
seven, whatever it is, counts put up in front of the jury because we're only responsible in, let's say, in Chespro's standpoint uh, purview, seven. I'm only I'm only being charged with seven crimes, one of which is criminal RICO with the other 18. And I don't want the jury to know about everything else and all the evidence and all the 161 overt acts that are listed in furtherance of the conspiracy in the indictment. So he made a motion also to sever so the jury never finds out about all the other counts and all the other people. I don't think in a criminal RICO case that's going to be successful either. Trump may, however, be able to get out from under having to go to trial in the beginning of October under some due process considerations since he is the the leader of the of the conspiracy that's been alleged. And I think that, so that's what's going on there. Arraignment easy not guilty. We're going to be making a motion to sever. The real question for you and Jordy, Ben, is because I've seen the reporting on this and I've thought about it. Do you think when, let me ask it this way, when is Trump going to move to remove the case to federal court? Is he waiting for Jones to make his decision against Meadows one way or the other? Or as I speculated on one of our podcasts, Ben, on Legal AF, has he somehow waived his right under Georgia law because he's participating in the process and letting the court take jurisdiction over him? You know, my own instinct, and, and Jordy may disagree with this, but I think that there is, I think that there's a waiver right now. They've, he's taken numerous steps to demonstrate that he's accepted jurisdiction, uh, including entering a, a not guilty plea and waiving his arraignment, right? Like that is as substantive as you can get and also then asking to be severed and asking for a trial date. I, I don't know how you can more clearly accept jurisdiction uh, than doing that. And I, I think ultimately the calculation, I'm sure Jordy agrees with this, is that the federal judge appointed to this case uh, is an Obama appointee, law and order, smart, sharp, no nonsense judge. It doesn't always mean because Obama appointed the judge that it's a law and order, you know, no nonsense judge. Here, it especially is the case that is a law and order, no nonsense judge. The judge, Scott McAfee, uh, who's presiding over uh, the state court action, is a Brian Kemp appointee, former uh, prosecutor, though, himself, but has only been a judge for about six months. And there's a lot of defendants. There's a lot of confusion that can be caused. And, and it seems that there are some areas also where Fawny Willis, the district attorney, has to like remind Judge McAfee of just some of the rules like if the defendants want to sever, they have to file motions to sever. And if the defendants are asking for speedy trials, then it actually limits some of their other rights. They need to be aware about these things. So she recognizes that, and it's not Scott McAfee's fault. He's just a new judge and she's been uh, a prosecutor for a very long time there. And there's probably no one who's a big, better expert in Fulton County law than Phony Willis. So perhaps Trump's just thinking, look, the best chance... He's not playing to win, right? He's playing to delay. Mm -hmm. And I think he his calculation is, is that in Fulton County, that's where they'll get uh, the most delay possible as opposed to in federal court where it may just be him. It may just be him in Meadows if indeed the removal is successful. And then even then, in order for him to make the case for a removal, guess what's going to have to happen? An evidentiary hearing. And in an evidentiary hearing, guess what happens? 
You don't get to go on Newsmax and chug beer, right? You don't get to go on Fox and spread all of these lies. You don't get to say the January 6th committee destroyed all of their records and therefore uh, dismiss it immediately because a judge and a prosecutor is going to say, okay, wrong. We've turned over all of the January 6th records. You are a liar. And then you get sanctioned and you can get sanctioned millions of dollars. Like Donald Trump was sanctioned almost a million dollars by a federal judge in the Southern District. I got a question for Jordy. Well, let me just say this real. Ben, this is how I know we're brothers, man. You took the words right out of my mouth. That legal analysis that you did right there, that was exactly what I was going to say, big bro. So I don't know. Amazing job there. (laughs) I got a question for you. You're not getting off the hook that easy. I know you're a... The only thing stop you're like the uh you're like mm. Jordy, you're like the mm. mic on you're like the mic on suits because <laughs> I like it. I, he's a good character. I would make you an associate in my office. You don't need a law I, degree. I'm scra- I'm scrappy. I'm I'm real scrappy. You are scrappy. So let, let me let me ask you this. You have your Donald Trump. Just be Donald Trump for a minute, not that long. Oh, please don't make okay. You're, no, you're Donald Trump, right? You got your yeah. own lawyer. You got 18 co-defendants, none of them are grouped together behind one lawyer. They all You have 18 other lawyers along with your group of lawyers, all <laughs> uncoordinated. Have you ever seen such a thing? And you've been following lawsuits for a long time. Do you think Trump anticipated the amount of chaos and sheer lack of uncoordination and his impact on his case that he's experiencing now in Fulton County, Georgia? Jordan. Absolutely not. And I think that's exactly why we continue to see just, just the madness that's coming out of the Trump camp from the videos that he's releasing, from the truths that he's posting day in and day out. The dude is terrified. He knows he's backed into the corner. His last route is just Popak, to your earlier point. Let me try and make some money before I go down, is what I think his mindset is right now. So, well, I think, look, I, I disagree with you there, Jordy. I think that you were going to disagree with me regardless of what I said. I can't wait for this after show, Ben, because it's going to get spicy. I got some choice <laughs> words for you in Midas Moore coming up. Uh, we can't have a respect. We, oh, wow. I thought we could just have a respectful disagreement amongst <laughs> brothers and an honorary brother. Look, Donald Trump is chaos incarnate. Trump feeds on chaos. What's going on right there is no different than the chaos that engulfs everything that he's touched his entire life. He feeds and fuels off of chaos. He creates the chaos. All of these people, like, you know, as I like to say, like, it's kind of MAGA mutation of a Republican Party. Like, here are the MAGA mutant ninja turtles almost right here. Like, you've got like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in a bad way, like, like, like I'm talking about the bad guys. I'm talking about Shredder. And that, was your, that was your gen. You were you were. I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to defame uh, Donatello and Leonardo and Michelangelo. <laughs> I'm going right for Shredder and whoever his sidekicks were. That's what this. I mean, you're talking about John Eastman, Sidney Powell, Ken Chesborough, Duty Giuliani. You know, I mean, th- think about this, this, this crew right there of people like you don't expect that there's going to be chaos when that's of course there's going to be chaos when that's your crew and that is what he hides behind in general to base as his buffer and then he tries to throw everybody under the bus and and look like Mark Meadows for example like Mark Meadows filed the removal and Mark Meadows tries to argue 
I didn't. I was just being a chief of staff. What are you talking about? I was just setting up meetings. I had nothing to do with fake electors. And Judge Jones, the federal judge in the Northern District of Georgia, invited briefing. And here's what Fawny Willis said in in the brief on page five. She goes, and after insisting that he did not play any role, quote any role. This was his under oath testimony. Any role in the coordination of slates of fake electors throughout several states, the defendant Mark Meadows was forced to acknowledge under cross-examination that he had in fact given direction to a campaign official in this regard. Specifically, the defendant Mark Meadows wrote an email, States Exhibit 1, in which he said, quote, we just need to have someone coordinating the electors for the states and attached a memorandum written by co-defendant Ken Chesbro recommending the organization of slates of these presidential electors to meet and cast votes for Trump in states that Trump lost. And then you have the footnote here where Fonnie Willis says the court has ample basis not to credit some or all of defendants testimony from the evidentiary hearing because he's a liar, because he's a liar. And Meadows went up there and, you know, he, he I had to test because it's an evidentiary hearing. So who else was going to give him the evidence, you know, to allow the case to stay uh, in federal court for removal? So he just thought, I'm just going to give it a shot. And what did he think? I, everybody is underestimating Bonnie Willis to their own peril. She was like the top lawyer in Fulton County. She has litigated and won the top rico cases in fulton county history and she was a litigator she was an incredible lawyer before running the office she didn't just like one day like i'm gonna run for this office no an impeccable reputation and she defeat she defeated a sitting district attorney at that time you know who was going through a scandal but you know she took down a district attorney and ran on her great record of law and order and ran as a pretty middle of the road person and so what meadows thought he was going to go up there and just and just lie like they do on fox and got smacked down we'll see what the federal judge ultimately does but that's big right there and then finally popak i, I was going to give this one to jordy but i think i'll i'll give this one to you is this going to be hatchacked I'll give that no. not 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 the Hatch Act, but okay. the summary judgment file, the summary judgment filing um, by New York Attorney General Letitia James. We've been talking so much about the various criminal cases that Donald Trump is being prosecuted in that, you know, let us not forget that in October, basically in less than 45 days from the date of this recording, the date of this live New York Attorney General Letitia James civil fraud case goes to trial. Uh, New York Attorney General Letitia James is seeking at least $250 million in damages. Uh, we think she's going to be seeking a lot more. And injunctive relief that would effectively stop Donald Trump and his adult kids, other than Ivanka, she managed to get the case uh, dismissed in the court of in the appellate division, um, but would prevent them from doing business basically in the state of New York, effectively ending the Trump organization. Like that's this is a bet the company case right here that's going to trial. Um, so New York Attorney General Letitia James said to the court, summary judgment should be granted. There's no dispute that Donald Trump uh, inflated and deflated the valuations of properties on a statements of financial conditions as it suited him. Here's an example, Judge. 
Donald Trump said that his loft, uh, his penthouse loft is 30,000 square feet and estimated the value at $273 million. It was 10,000 square feet. So just divide 270, you know, by what's a third of that. That's what the actual valuation is. He lied and said it was 30,000. It was 10,000. And he utilized that to gain benefits. And then she went through each of the properties and says, you can't dispute you, what are you going to say? It's really 30,000? No, it's 10,000 square feet. And, and Trump's argument is basically, who did I injure? The lenders got paid. Everyone got paid. So no harm, no foul here. But the victim is the people of the state of New York. You think she made mm -hmm. a good argument, Popak, on this motion for summary judgment? I do. And it's one where she has a receptive audience in Judge Angoran. Judge Angoran, a year ago, in a hearing basically said, I don't see this as a complicated case. He he laid it out for everybody then. If you remember, Ben, you and I covered it. He said at a hearing, the building is either the, the, the unit that he lives in in Trump Tower is either one square footage or it's another. That is an empirical fact. Um, and the same goes for the other. So we knew that this motion was going to be coming. This motion for what's called partial summary judgment that he shouldn't have, a tr Trump shouldn't be entitled to a trial at all on the issue of whether he overinflated or underinflated his assets. In fact, uh, uh, Letitia James, the New York Attorney General, in, who's brought this case under a very robust set of laws unique to New York called Executive Law 63-12, which is she's probably, in terms of her civil powers, the most powerful attorney general in, in uh, the country. Other attorney generals have more criminal powers than she does, like we're seeing in Arizona with Chris Mays. But civil powers and civil disgorgement and take everything that you're worth and give you the corporate death penalty, that's Letitia James. And all you got to show under 63-12 is a continuing fraud is going on and needs to be shut down. And then you can get financial monitors and you can get receivers and you can get assets frozen and all of that. And one correction, Ben, only because somebody wrote it. Tiffany Trump, who was the child with Marla Trump, is not implicated in any of these schemes. She is an adult child, but she is. It's the ones from uh, Ivana. The Ivana kids, less Ivanka. But having, having, I had to clear that up. But having said that, um, the motion is really well taken. I know almost all these properties. Between, between Karen Friedman, Ignifolo, and I, we walk by almost all of these properties on a daily basis. She lives downtown in New York. She walks by all those down there. I walk by the ones that are like the Trump Tower right here on, on Fifth Avenue, and we know them. And, we, and everybody in New York has known that he has been practicing great inflation about his properties forever. He's been, look, it's one thing to be P.T. Barnum when you're selling crap on television and all of that. It's another thing when you're the president of the United States or you're operating a business. And you're right about the victims here. He's saying Deutsche Bank didn't care. I refinanced that loan. This bank didn't. Capital One didn't care. These are all the banks he used. I repaid that loan. And the But when you get a loan that you were not entitled to at a value that it was higher than it should, the other person in line, mom and pop, didn't get their loan because you stayed too long at the trough like a big fat pig that you are, you know, taking up all the slop. And by the time mom and pop got behind you, there was nothing left. You should have been only able to borrow $100 million on the value of your property. And instead, you found a way to borrow $275. And the fact that you robbed the bank for $275 million, but you paid it back at some point, doesn't mean you didn't commit a crime and it was victimless.
It's because for a period, the bank had a lot less money to lend to other people because you overconsumed what you were entitled to. And that's the nature, that's the victim in this case, as you said, Ben, the people of the state of New York and the regular lenders who um, had to wait behind Donald Trump stealing money from the bank. Now, look, are the banks going to come in and say they were injured? I've been involved with cases like this. And ultimately, under, under strenuous cross-examination, they will have to admit that for every dollar they overlent to Donald Trump, it was one less dollar that they lent to a neighborhood program, hmm. to a smaller business, or to even to another real estate developer. And that is the harm. And, and she's got the perfect judge to make these arguments and Judge Angoron and the perfect appellate court, the first the first department, uh, which I'm a member of here in New York, to make it to make the arguments. This is a very serious case. The only thing I want to clarify before I turn it back to Jordy is um, I'm not sure this case is going to trial in October. Uh, maybe it is because it slots before the March case that Judge Chutkin just set and the May case. It's sort of out of the way. But, you know, I could see a motion being made that. Donald Trump, for whatever reason, has other things he's got to do, like in criminal court, and the case could get moved. But right now, frankly, I've been following it closely in New York with Karen. We, we haven't seen a motion been filed, and I'm not sure Ngoron is going to take his case off the trial as long as Jack Smith or Judge Chutkin doesn't call him. Because we know Judge Chutkin, the D.C. Circuit Court judge that, that's now taken over everything in, in, the, in the criminal world for Donald Trump on the federal side, she picked up the phone and chambers to chambers called Judge Mershon because we know we know that because Judge Mershon, the court system in New York had a had a press release that said that Judge Chutkin called Judge Mershon to let him know that she wanted March 4th for her date for Donald Trump. And would he be so kind as to yield and give up his March 24th date for Stormy Daniels? And the answer to that obviously was yes. I mean, did she call other judges? I don't know. But she's allowed to make that phone call under the judicial rules. And so unless somebody calls Angoron and makes a compelling case, now I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. I think we are going to go to trial in October <laughs> with Donald Trump. See, I talked myself back into it. Pope, well, that's why I love having also. you. Sorry, no, I'm just saying that's why I love having Pope and Karen come on the show. I mean, for folks that don't know, uh, uh, Popak and Karen Friedman, like Nifalo and, and, and Ben too, they host a show called Legal AF. You know, there might be listeners of the My Such podcast that don't even know that we have so many other shows on the network, but our Legal AF show, if you love this deep dive analysis where I like to explain it as, hey, if I could understand what, what Ben and Popak and Karen are saying, anybody can. So it's a really, you know, distilled way to understand all of the craziness happenings. Make sure you tune into Legal AF. They go live Wednesday nights. They go live Saturday nights. I mean, the show is basically posting daily. So if you're subscribed to the Midas Touch podcast, you should definitely be subscribed to the Legal AF podcast wherever, wherever you get your podcast. Thanks, Jordy. You know, after Donald Trump was deposed by New York Attorney General Letitia James, he posted an admission of the underlying liability. This is what he said. He goes, an interesting day spent with the Attorney General and her representatives. I strongly made my points. They are irrefutable. And it is a case that should not go forward. My company and overall value is actually far stronger and higher than shown in the so-called financial statement. The honorable thing to do would be drop it and spend all of this time, money, and energy, blah, 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 blah. But it's supposed to be an accurate financial statement. So even if you believe him here, which I don't believe him, I think he's lying, um, but because I don't think he undersold it, but in certain places he undersold it where that would benefit him. By saying that the value 
is inaccurate because it was actually far stronger and higher. That's part of what you're not supposed to do. You're supposed to like, uh, what you're supposed to do is when you get things, you fill it out accurately. Like it's a very, it's a very basic task. Like when someone like he lies about everything. I mean, that's when he says he's six, three, 215 pounds. He claims he shot a 67 at his golf course and then lies it's, about it's everything. Like Kim Jong Un style lies. Too. Yeah. It's Kim Jong Un style wacky, you know, and, and then there are the dangerous lies that have killed people, mm. but, yeah. but he is, It'll whether it's away. financial, whether it's lies that kill people, he is incapable of telling the truth at all. And then finally, I just want to touch upon this kind of Kevin McCarthy gaslighting oh here and just total lies, right? And McCarthy posts, Republicans have made this Congress more productive, more open, and more transparent than at any time in recent history. The People's House is getting back to work. If by the People's House you mean like a perverted Hunter Biden, like, like nudie show, like uh, I, I genuinely in the other uh, House of Representatives for the first two years of Biden's presidency, we saw incredible legislation passed from the Infrastructure Act to the PACT Act to the CHIPS Act, right? We, we see all these really important things happening where there are tangible results. All I know right now is Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden. Jordy, what do you think of uh, should we play? Should we play the McCarthy video too? Yeah, just play. so, like, yeah, let's play the McCarthy video, and then I got some thoughts coming out of that. Someone did an analysis of this Congress versus the last Congress, and um, the last Congress, the Democrats controlled the House, the Senate, and the presidency. But this Congress actually has produced more bills, more to become law, which makes it more difficult. But the bigger things we also change is we open the House back up. Members now have to come to work. Bills have to go through committee. You get 72 hours to read it, not just the members, but the people, the, the American public themselves. The People's House is back. And so I think that's a very big positive, And we continue to work on that, with which was our commitment to America. Jordan. OK, I mean, look, that's like the that's the definition of you being gaslit a, a, as the viewer. So what I like to say in these instances is like scoreboard. You watch that video of McCarthy, like what the. H-E double hockey sticks is the man even talking about. So like when Democrats had control of the House, Ben, to your point before, what did Democrats do? Well, they passed the bipartisan infrastructure bill, the American Rescue Plan, the CHIPS Act, the PACT Act. They capped the cost of insulin. I mean, we could go on and on with very tangible things that affect everyday Americans' livelihoods. What have Republicans done? They've worked to strip away the rights of women with these ridiculous heartbeat bills, not to mention the overturning of Roe. They continue to attack the LGBT community at every turn. You know, they've banned books. They hold these weird sham hearings. They had literal fights on the House floor where one Republican representative had to be put in a headlock after lunging at Matt Gates during the vote for McCarthy to become Speaker of the House. And then they've also had members of their own party call, and this is their words, call fellow members little bitches on the House floor. What have this Republican Party, what have this Republican Congress actually done tangibly for this country? And so this is why, like, when Sununu speaks out, he's like, independents, independents don't mess with this party. Independents don't mess with Trump. I believe that. 
And I see that here in Pennsylvania. Like people are so over this performative nonsense and they see the actual strides that this Democratic leadership is, is putting forward and, and trying to do real things that help everyday Americans. So that right there from McCarthy, just totally spineless. I mean, he even starts it off. Uh, someone did a report. I mean, he, he can't even like state actual facts while he's trying to do this whole spiel. It's pathetic. And I have faith in the American people that we see right through it. Well said, Jordy. Now, everybody remember the after show is going to be lit. We're going to find out Popak's origin story. Why can, why can you say words like bet and lit? But when I try and roll those out on the podcast, I get made fun of. That's patreon.com slash Midas Touch, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Midas Touch. Remember to spell Midas Touch right, M-E-I-D-A-S-T-O-U-C-H, patreon.com slash Midas Touch. Become a member. We have to record the after show, so you're not going to see it right away, but within about an hour, it gets posted. But make sure you become a member right now there so you don't miss the after show. And then there's a whole great community also on our Patreon. And since we don't take outside investors, we try to come up with creative ways to fund this independent media network so we could build things like MidasTouch.com, which is a natural extension of our growth. Thanks to all the memberships we've got here on YouTube. Thanks to the Patreon memberships. Thank you all for supporting the growth of this independent media platform. And remember to make MidasTouch.com your homepage. Go to store.midastouch.com as well for all the pro-democracy gear, 100% union made, 100% made in the USA. And subscribe to our YouTube channel now and wherever you get audio podcasts, make sure you subscribe to the Midas Touch podcast and the Legal AF podcast. All right, time for the after show. Jordy, take it away. Shout out to the Midas Mighty. The Midas Mighty stand. At Midas Touch, we are unapologetically pro-democracy and we demand justice and accountability. That's why we're spreading our message to Convict 45. That's right, gear up right now with your Convict 45 tees and pins at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com.